The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, July 31st. In today's news, Donald Trump offers to meet with the president of Iran. The former head of HR at FEMA is being investigated for sexual harassment. And Trump may use executive power to push another tax cut for the wealthiest Americans. But first, the big idea. Six weeks after President Trump declared that North Korea no longer poses a nuclear threat, U.S. intelligence agencies are watching in real time as the regime proceeds with new missile development at a research facility just outside Pyongyang. That's where the North Koreans also produced the first high-powered intercontinental ballistic missiles capable of reaching the mainland United States. Newly obtained evidence, including satellite photos taken in recent weeks, indicates that work is underway on at least one and possibly two liquid-fueled ICBMs. The new intelligence does not suggest an expansion of North Korea's capabilities, but shows that work on advanced weapons is continuing. This comes in addition to the recent revelations about a separate suspected uranium enrichment facility called Kengsan that North Korea continues to operate in secret. My colleagues on the National Security Beat reported overnight that U.S. agencies have gathered intelligence in which senior North Korean officials have been discussing their intention to deceive Washington about the number of nuclear warheads and missiles that they have, as well as the types and numbers of facilities. They also plan to rebuff international inspectors, according to this intelligence. Their strategy includes potentially asserting to the international community that they fully denuclearized by declaring and disposing of 20 warheads while retaining dozens more. It's not just the intel community. Independent missile experts have also reported observing activity consistent with missile construction at this plant. The daily movement of supply trucks and other vehicles captured by satellite photos shows that the missile facility is not dead by any stretch of the imagination. You can literally see in the photos shipping containers and vehicles coming and going. Again, this is a facility where they build ICBMs capable of taking out major American cities. Bottom line, North Korea continues to pose a very real and very grave threat to the United States. It's increasingly clear that Trump got burned by Kim Jong-un. And each of these developments makes the president's naive proclamations after the Singapore summit look sillier and sillier. Now Trump has learned what Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and every leading national security expert in both parties already knew. The North Koreans cannot be trusted. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, in a striking shift in tone, Trump says he is now willing to meet with Iranian President Hassan Rouhani anytime and without preconditions. This new stance comes just a week after Trump appeared to threaten military action against Iran in an all-caps tweet. On Monday, Trump said that economic pressure from the new U.S. sanctions will lead Iran to negotiate with him eventually and open the door to new talks about its nuclear program. Trump wants to negotiate what he says will be a better deal than the deal that Obama negotiated, which he pulled out of. But a spokesman for Iran's foreign ministry says negotiations are, quote, 
practically impossible due to Trump's fierce hostility toward Iran. Direct presidential negotiations with Iranian leaders would be another break with Republican orthodoxy and a potential point of friction with Israel and Persian Gulf allies. But there's something else notable about Trump's olive branch. Talking with Rouhani may not produce much in the way of tangible benefits. Why? Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, a man who is staunchly anti-American, controls nearly every aspect of political and religious life in the country. Number two, FEMA announced that its former personnel chief, Corey Coleman, is being investigated for allegations of systemic sexual harassment in the workplace, which allegedly went on for years. The alleged harassment and other misconduct emerged from a seven-month internal investigation. Coleman apparently hired dozens of men who were friends and college fraternity brothers. He also hired women that he met at bars and on online dating sites. He promoted them to roles through the agency without going through any of the proper federal hiring channels. According to statements and interviews with employees, Coleman then transferred some of the women in and out of various departments, including to regional offices, so that his buddies could try to have sexual relationships with them. FEMA Administrator Brock Long says he has referred several of the cases to the Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General, who oversees FEMA, to investigate possible criminal sexual assault charges. Number three, the Trump administration is considering another massive tax cut for the wealthiest Americans through a change that would not need congressional approval. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said yesterday that he is studying whether to allow investment income, known as capital gains, to be adjusted for inflation in a way that shields more of it from taxation. Most capital gains, of course, are paid by wealthier Americans who disproportionately hold large portfolios of investments. But the use of executive power on such a significant change to the tax code would be highly unusual and probably vulnerable to a legal challenge. Senior administration officials say they're discussing whether to proceed, but they haven't determined yet whether they believe they have the legal authority to do so. This move was considered and rejected during the George H.W. Bush administration because it was seen as outside the scope of Treasury's authority and only achievable via an act of Congress. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, July 31st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. I'll talk to you tomorrow.